Hey there, you know we believe community is everything, and that's why we're taking this week to introduce you to some of the incredible people doing amazing things here in the We Are For Good global community. Today's episode features Monique Parker. We met Monique in the We Are For Good community, and she's the founder and executive director of Little Bit of Good. You'll hear about her work to increase awareness and action around the funding and resource inequities in the nonprofit sector, most specifically experienced within the Black population. To meet Monique and find other like-minded friends, visit weareforgoodcommunity.com. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Becky, can we be any more pumped right now? Oh, I'll tell you. Like, we met our guest um, sometime last year, and she was a force, like an explosive force for good into the community. And so I'm going to introduce our community to Monique Parker, the force that is Monique <laughs> Parker, who is the founder of Little Bit of Good, who came into the We Are For Good scene um, sometime last year. She was in the for-profit world and she was one of y'all. She was like, had these hearts in her eyes for doing good. And as she's kind of tuning into the community, she's absorbing everything she can to learn about nonprofit and social impact and to watch her journey unfold over the course of probably a little over a year has, John, can we just say it has made our like parental hearts just grow and grow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I remember the first time I met Monique that I was like, holy cow, who is this human being? And how has it been 39 years of life before I got to meet her? Yes. And the fact that she stepped fully into the thing that she wanted to see in the world is just aspirational. We're going to unpack that story today, but first I want to introduce her. Monique is the founder and executive director of Little Bit of Good. It's a nonprofit organization that supports Black-led nonprofits in Central Texas through this really innovative 16-week capacity building accelerator program. And I know a lot of you out there have been asking about capacity building. We are going to dive deeply into it. But she also has this really cool story about being a techie turned candle lady (laughs) with a heart for community because she's got this incredible founding story of this organization organization she started called Blow Candle Company. It's a candle and home fragrance studio that's creating just really unique scents that are toxic-free and safe. But she is somebody who shows up for diversity and equity. She is a self-proclaimed hype woman who takes a lot of pride in uplifting, encouraging others in their life ventures, so much so that she did it on her own. And so today we're going to be talking about how she took that DEI strategist um, title that she was in the tech industry and she really pushed it into nonprofit and is making such a big splash. We are so proud of how she shows up. Monique is also mama to fearless, to two fearless and wild girls. And we are just delighted that she's in our house. Monique, come in. We are so excited to tell your story. Hey, y'all. I'm so, so, (laughs) so excited to be here. I have to say like everyone else who comes on the pod, it's like, 
life goals to get an intro <laughs> from oh my me, gosh. Becky. I'm like, I need to save this and then just submit it every time someone asks for a bio. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm happy to share that, but that is you. And that is the virtues and the values that you show up um, to give. And I, and this is why you're on the podcast, my friend. It's because you have so deeply leaned in to community and you are building something truly revolutionary and meaningful for the sector. But before we dive in, like we want to get to know Monique and we've already dropped a couple y'alls. So clearly we're all from the <laughs> South over here. Like take us back to your origin story and tell us what led you to this moment today. Yes. So although I say y'all every other word in conversation. Um, I actually grew up in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Um, I went to college in Washington. So Seattle, Washington, Tacoma area, that is my home. Um, I, uh, during college, I had my first daughter. She is now 10. And so that was kind of the start of my values, I guess, in terms of professionalism and career and really driving towards what I wanted because now I had a small human, had to make things happen. Um, very quickly got into uh, the tech scene. I started recruiting really early on um, and became an engineering recruiter. And so working in engineering and in tech, especially as a Black woman, obviously you see a lot of inequity in terms of the way we recruit and the way we strategize around company culture and hiring and policies and things. So I got really into uh, DEI as kind of a, an overall topic and theme in some of the things that I did. Um, took a lot of different diversity uh, recruiting roles uh, and opportunities, and then eventually became a strategist. So during that time, I was managing, you know, global efforts in diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and seeing a lot of things, both internally with the companies that I was working for, but also in the way that we partnered with external organizations, with nonprofits. Um, and I've also always been a very curious person, and I ask a lot of questions and why does this work this way? And how, how do we do this? Or why can't we do this? So being in <laughs> DEI and having a lot of those questions and specifically within tech, I think it kind of uh, just gave way to me thinking about how I could still work in a diversity capacity, but also be in an area where I felt I was having real world impact. Um, and in the last few years, especially with George Floyd and the anti-racism uprising and all of that, I felt like I really got to see, number one, how community community, excuse me, can really come together and support missions and impact, but also how the lack of knowledge on nonprofits and organizations kind of lead to underfunding in certain areas. Um, like I said, I was working in strategy for a while. So I was talking to a lot of different nonprofits that wanted to partner with us or were asking for funding. Um, and that's kind of what got me started thinking about Little Bit of Good. 
Um, if y'all remember, probably one of my first posts in the community, it was back when Little Bit of Good was more so focused around strategy within capacity building, but it was much less specific uh, in terms of who we were supporting. And in that time, did a little bit more research, conversations in terms of funding, and really saw the inequity in terms of Black-led and white-led nonprofit organizations, what capacity building means to opportunity for funding, um, and really kind of identified that as my gap for what little bit of good would be. Oh my gosh, I love you going back to your story though, Monique, because I look so fondly at when we met because you were this incredibly curious person, but I remember being so curious about you too because you had such expertise and such a gift for seeing the world without walls that it's hard to see whenever you're in the middle of nonprofit land and all of that kind of idea. And so I just saw so much synergy with the way you showed up. You had an open hand of how you wanted to serve. And then we connected on the handmade. I mean, you, you're making handmade candles. We made handmade baby clothing. And I'm like, that is a hustle, <laughs> unlike most people realize. But to put the hustle with the equity ego conversation and wanting to like do something different, like I love to see how this is shaped. And now we're celebrating that y'all are live. Like you have mm-hmm. really shaped out what your program is. And so I just want to give you runway to talk about what has that journey been like from you see the need, you meet the people that this would you know, impact to actually turning it into programs that are officially launching? Like what is that next steps and tell us how you serve today? Oh my gosh, it's insanity. <laughs> Though I do feel like getting started with the nonprofit with a little bit of good was a much faster uh, transition than starting with um, Blow Candle Co. So with that, I was like, oh my gosh, I was really timid to ask people like to buy my candles. Oh my gosh, I'm asking people for money. Like there's so (laughs) many options. I was so nervous. But by the time the idea for a little bit of good kind of started brewing, I was like a year and a half into the business. And at that point I was like, if people will buy my candles, I can get people to donate, you know, to this cause and this mission that like is going to do, I mean, I love candles, obviously they're fantastic, but this mission is going to serve in so many other ways. So like I can do this. Um, And I am much more of an impulsive person. So as soon as I decided I was going to do it, I was like, okay, let's go get our 501. Recognize the privilege in being able to just go and do that. I was still working full time. Um, so I had, wow. you know, additionally come out, I was like, whatever, let's just do it. Let's figure out what bylaws are and like get these three people's name downs for this board. Um, but it really has been a collaborative building process because I don't come from a nonprofit background and it is very different than, you know, building a business or being in the technical space. There was so much that I absolutely did not know. Um, and so utilizing our We Are For Good community. And initially when I started, I had this goal to interview 50 nonprofit professionals. So I posted and I was like, can y'all just talk to me? I want to get an idea first of, you know, what capacity building needs actually are from just professionals across the board. And so started there just picking people's brains um, and then building out what I 
thought I wanted the accelerator to be. And then bringing it back to say, like, what do you think about this? If you were to go through this accelerator, would this be relevant? Is this impactful? Um, And because, again, this is not my background, I didn't want to build something from scratch. There are a ton of other consulting agencies and nonprofits that serve with various or within various points of capacity building. So my thought was, okay, how can we get together all of these different organizations and pull from what they're already doing to create this well-rounded accelerator program that's really touching on all the different targets of capacity building without having to like build curriculum from scratch? It was Definitely a community effort. Um, so as you mentioned, we launched in August um, officially with our first campaign through Give Butter, which was fantastic. Shout out to Give Butter. Um, <laughs> and then we are now continuing to fundraise in our first application uh, for our February 2023 cohort launches on November 2nd, and it'll run through the end of the month. So right now we're just prepping in terms of making sure we have our facility facilitator straight. Um, we're really working on, you know, what the curriculum looks like, what the roadmap looks like for participants. So it's happening. Oh yeah. It's, it's happening. happening. And you have built this so beautifully. And I, I want to compliment you on what we observed that you did. And I want to give this as sort of a, a case study for anyone who's thinking about building something. But Monique was so active in the community. She was posting questions. She was getting resources. She was asking for help. You were showing up to all the community coffees. You were taking and telling your story and people were reaching out and we literally were watching collaborations happen between you and other people in the community. I'm thinking of Jeannie Barsom over at Gifting Brands. And I know you, I I think there was another one that you had and you used the community in exactly the way we wanted you to, which is you walked in, you told your story beautifully, you opened your hands and said, I really need some information. And people were just so generous in the community to step forward. I know you and Taylor Johnson have built some really cool things. Hello, Taylor. And I want to just thank you for flexing the community in the way that you did. And I also like want to take a pause real quick because we have a lot of young professionals on here. And I think we need to define what capacity building is. And I wonder if you could just do that for our audience and people who are new to that concept. My personal, I guess, definition of capacity building, because there are various ones out there, but it is any strategy or tactic um, that allows a nonprofit in their mission to be able to grow and scale. So whether that be systems, staffing, programs, funding, um, it's all the things that really allow you to grow and scale your mission and impact. Data. Yes. Most important. Thank you so much for that definition. I think it really sets the tone for what you're trying to do to make sure that nonprofits are not floundering, that there's a lot of intentionality baked into what we do, which is hard when you're spinning, you know, a hundred different plates and and buried in the tactics. This is really important strategic work. So I want to talk about your partnerships because I think you came right out of the gate and you saw this opportunity for partnerships emerging within nonprofits and you absolutely seized it. So talk to us a little bit about how you approach building community partnerships with Little Bit of Good. Absolutely. I think 
because I approached this in a way that like I know nothing. I was just very <laughs> open and willing to going to people and saying, this is what I think. How can you help me? Do you have anything? Do you know anyone? Can you point me to anyone? I'm literally open to talking to anyone, still am. Um, I think initially it started with Mallory, uh, Mallory Erickson, who she was the listening to her podcast, um, originally introduced me to We Are For Good. And then after this idea got started, started, she has the Power Partners program that she runs. And so getting in and talking to her a little bit more about funding, she actually introduced me uh, to a couple different contacts who were so open arms to me that I was like, okay, if these are people who are like the Michael Jordans of fundraising and <laughs> platforms in my head, and they're just like, absolutely, we'll help you then let me go and talk to some of these, you know, smaller organizations on the ground. Um, and so that got me out and talking to other accelerators in the for-profit space, because to me, nonprofit, for-profit, same thing, same strategies. We just use our, our resources, our revenue in different ways. Um, and so in talking to them, there is an organization here called Div Inc. Um, there's another nonprofit here. Um, well, I don't know if they're a nonprofit. There's another organization here in Austin uh, called SVP. They're Social Venture Partners. Um, um, and they are in a group of just amazing individuals who want to put their money to work, giving back to nonprofits and talking to these different groups about what I wanted to do, what my thoughts were, um, and then just pitching to them how I saw them helping me, whether they had the capacity to do that or not. It opened up the door to be able to have a greater discussion of what potential partnership and collaboration looked like. And then in every call, I was like, is there anyone else that you can think of just like a recruiting call? Is there anyone else that you can think of that, you know, would benefit to, to speak to or anyone else that you can put me into contact with? I'm looking for people who can do X, Y, and Z, or, Smart. you know, we don't have a facilitator on this certain subject. Do you know someone who's super great at that? Um, and it kind of just created this community locally, uh, but now has kind of branched out to other organizations supporting us in other states, because luckily everybody's virtual now. So it's been nice. It's been fantastic. We've also just gotten a partnership with the University of Texas. So they'll be supporting us. Oh I think, gosh. you know, there's a lot of different great people here who are willing to help. Incredible. I mean, yeah, your story just warms my heart because I will say I see a lot of our journey too of like, if you don't have a network to, you know, flex right out of the gate in the space that you want, it's just like having this open handedness, having no ego, trying to just like be a nice person <laughs> and open doors. And it starts with one person, which leads to another person, which leads to another person. Now you're working with the University of Texas and all these kind of like <laughs> bigger partners. And I feel like what a testament to just showing up, you know, and being a good human and trying to um, build those relationships one at a time, because that's where everybody can connect on. So tell me about this accelerator, because I mean, you're finally launching it. And I love that you're doing it in cohort style because I think that that yeah. is a powerful way to flex community and learning. So talk about what that accelerator is going to look like and what the transformation you want to create. 
So it is a four-month capacity building program. Um, We are centering Black-led organizations. Typically, participants will be executive directors within the org. Throughout the program, from month to month, we have different core competencies that we'll be looking at. So in the first month, we'll do an ICAT assessment, which is a really, really cool uh, capacity building assessment that someone out there built. They now license it to other organizations. But basically, um, it surveys your board, your volunteers, your staff members, and then collects that data to spit out recommendations on gaps that you have in terms of capacity building. Okay, that's so cool. So using that, <laughs> it's pretty freaking awesome. That is um, amazing. Yes. And they'll be able to use that information going into the accelerator. So they have a little bit of an idea on things or opportunities to focus on. Um, We start off with just kind of basic mission clarity. What does your website look like? Is it functional? Do you have basic social channels? Um, Although some of that information sounds basic or sounds redundant, if you think about nonprofits and specifically Black-led and with smaller budgets, a lot of these founders get into it because there is a problem or a need that needs to be supported or something that needs to be solved. And so we don't necessarily think about, okay, you know, let's have this website, you know, all put together. It's no, we need the money so we can fill this gap, so we can serve this community. And then it goes on from there. Um, So really making sure and treating this like a startup, any startup, what basic information do we have? How do potential customers or clients get in contact with us? Um, We then move on to, you know, budgeting. What systems do you have? Do you have an org chart even? You know, how do we delegate uh, activities? Who's managing our year-over-year events calendar? Um, Just making sure that they have those foundational things together. And then we're bringing in other experts in areas of storytelling and marketing and fundraising um, so that at the end of the accelerator, these organizations have that three-year strategy with tangible actions and things to be able to get going. Um, The overall vision is that this accelerator helps to uh, remove the barriers to funding for Black-led organizations. So the goal is that they leave with everything you need to be able to pitch to these larger partners, major donors. Um, and it kind of culminates with a demo day. This is our hope and what we're fundraising for. Um, but we hope to have uh, a couple cash prizes where the participants will go. They'll talk about their organization. They'll basically pitch what they're doing. People in attendance can donate or vote with their dollars. And then hopefully, based off of fundraising, we'll be able to give out a uh, grants to the top three to five winners. Holy smokes. <laughs> like what a comprehensive, beautiful program that you're building. Oh my gosh. And I I just want to say like you, you put everything in there. You put the kitchen sink into this accelerator. <laughs> I mean, it starts with data and goals, which is so smart. And the way that you are walking someone through this in a cohort and community 
makes people feel less alone. And I just want to compliment you on stacking the deck, not just with what we call the hard skills, you know, which is how do you do this? Here's the org chart chart, and here's your website and and here's what your budget needs to look like. It's like, no, we got to talk about storytelling. We got to talk about culture. We got to talk about these things that really shape our nonprofits. You are building something that I am so happy is in the world. And I can't wait to watch the evolution of it unfold, Monique. And I'm just sitting here wondering, like, I want to let you as a founder, just like share your dreams with us. What, what do you hope? What is your dream? And when you think about the future, what do you hope will come out of this? I get emotional on like every call that we have (laughs) together. Um, I think in thinking about the future of Little Bit of Good, I would love for this to exist in every metropolitan city, large metropolitan city, and um, be able to expand the size of each of the cohorts. I imagine, you know, partnerships with Meta and Netflix and all of these like huge um, companies that obviously have done business right, but to be able to give that strategy and that insight to nonprofits, because again, it's the same. It's the same thing to me. And that's how I approach everything, every conversation. Um, I'd love to be able to eventually have a fund that supports Black-led organizations. I think it's going to be a longer, you know, process in order to really start promoting equity in funding and getting to some of these large foundations. So really creating that ourselves for us and specifically having the money, you know, to give to, to other organizations. Um, that's what I want. That's, that's what I see. Taking a quick pause from today's episode to share some truly exciting news to celebrate community week. We're officially launching our merch store. You can find it at we'reforgood.com backslash shop. There you'll find workbooks, coffee mugs, super soft t-shirts with your favorite sayings and more. We want to see We Are For Good shirts and merch all across the globe in your corner of the world. Snag a selfie with your merch and use the hashtag We Are For Good so we can see it. You can find everything over at weareforgood.com backslash shop. Hey friends, we're taking a quick pause to highlight more incredible members of the We Are For Good community. I'm April Marsazuski at um, a university and I have worked on the periphery of fundraising for a lot of years, but have only joined the fundraising team in the past year and a half. Um, shortly after I shifted to this career, I found the We Are For Good podcast and We Are For Good Pro shortly after that, and they have been a lifesaver. I listen um, to the episodes and to the trainings in spare moments in my car, when my kid isn't listening to songs about trucks, <laughs> and I've been able to learn best practices, gain new ideas, and adjust my thinking on countless topics. I've taken notes on spare pads of paper and on my phone at stoplights. Then I quote you to all of my coworkers in a time when I've been scrambling to invent this job at my institution. You've given me reassurance and clear direction. Thank you, Becky, John, and team. You all are amazing and so empowering, and I'm very grateful. This community gathered is powering the Impact Uprising, 
and we feel incredibly honored to play even a small part of each of these stories. So wherever you're at in the world, hope you know our team and the encouraging humans gathered in the community are cheering you on every single day. If you're feeling the FOMO and want to join us, head on over to weareforgoodcommunity.com. We can't wait to see you inside. Monique doesn't dream small. Yeah, and I I see it, you know, and I think y'all will absolutely get there because of just the way that y'all are iterating and just are holding on to the bigger vision, but kind of open to how it takes shape and the people that get to step into this. So what a beautiful vision that you have. Okay, I'm going off script because we hear that you're starting a podcast soon and we just like want to hear this story because Becky's already mentioned Taylor. Taylor, you know, and you connected in the community. Like tell us the origin story of this so we can connect up our listeners to this. Oh my gosh. So I love Taylor. I don't even know how we initially began talking. I know she had messaged me uh, in the community, maybe just to have a coffee chat. I'm not even sure. And then she ended up going on kind of a road trip with her brother and one of her stops was Austin. So we were like, oh my gosh, let's get together, (laughs) get a drink, let's meet. And then we met in person and it was like, oh, we are people. Like what (laughs) was supposed to have just been a lunch, like ended up meeting them later that night. And it was just like, we have to do something, like we have to do something together eventually. Um, So I ended up asking her to be on the board for a little bit of good and, you know, utilizing her for her amazing brain and knowledge and all of the things. And through some of those conversations around the structure of the org, we just kind of started like, what if we did a podcast? Like, what would it <laughs> be it. like? Our conversations are so funny. Um, but what would we want to talk about? And we both have very interesting stories in terms of how we've been touched by nonprofit and how, you know, we both got to a place where deciding that like, this was what we were meant for. And we got the idea and the vision to create this podcast for the everyday giver, you know, people out in the community, number one, to hear about these amazing missions, um, how they function, how they serve, but then to also hear directly from a beneficiary of their work. So Taylor Ooh. being who she is, she was like, oh my gosh, let's do a podcast on behalf of a little bit of good revenue generator, something to allow for earned income for the nonprofit, but also we're able to highlight, you know, these amazing missions. We're able to show potential funders what direct impact looks like through interviewing the beneficiaries and like really leave people feeling inspired or wanting to make action and then having access to go and fund those nonprofit missions. So we, we just decided we're going to wing it. Um, we <laughs> ordered our mics and everything. So we shall see. Oh, it's going to happen then if the mics are ordered. Yep. That is official. For sure. I mean, there is nothing better than when do-gooders get together in the wild and they build for good. I mean, these stories give us life, Monique. We are absolutely rooting for you and Taylor. Keep us posted on that. We want more podcasts coming into the space, building the impact uprising, socializing these conversations, democratizing philanthropy, and making sure that everybody has access to pour into good wherever they are in the world. So I got to talk about community. And and I want to get 
a little bit personal and I want to hit this between the eyes a little bit. You know, I want you to talk about the importance of community in your life and where you've seen it in your work, but I also want to talk about this DEI component and how people can be allies to your effort. And I want to talk about how Black women, Black and Brown women specifically, are very marginalized still in the sector and how we can pour in as a community to these Black and Brown women to build businesses, to build more equity into the sector. So you got a twofer there that you need to break down. Well, number one, I think if you are in a a hiring position or position to build and create strategy internally, um, figuring out a way to center experiences that you're not familiar with. So I think that there are a lot of nonprofits with amazing missions and they do incredible things, but because they don't have people of color on their boards or they don't have people of color in their staff or in their volunteer groups, you're missing a lot of key areas to be able to help and serve. And if it's your intention to truly eradicate whatever the cause is that you're working on, then you have to have a more diverse perspective in the way, you know, or the potential impact. Um, And so I think hiring on people of color, Black men and women uh, into these positions of authority or of influence within your organization is a great first step. I also think taking the time to make sure that you have a diversity-focused strategy, whether that be in your giving, if you're a funder or a foundational um, having a DEI strategy, or at least naming that that's something that you want to put emphasis on as a start. Um, Through this work, we've done a lot of research around funding and what that data looks like by demographic. And a lot of it doesn't exist, but you will go on different orgs, websites, and it'll say what policies we specifically support, but it'll never mention, you know, certain demographics and how that support specifically Mm. ties in. Um, So calling that out and calling out what you don't know and reaching out for help with that. I think a lot of, and especially white-led organizations, I think they kind of shy away from race work because I don't know what to say or I don't know how to say it or I don't want to step out of line. And it's like, but we need to have those conversations in order for you to be able to expand your work, expand who you're serving. Um, So, you know, not being afraid to at least start those conversations, I think. Um, And with you mentioning community, I mean, starting here with our community, I'm willing to chat. Obviously, I'm not a representative for all Black women in the world, but can give you initial, you know, insights. Um, I think always just keeping it top of mind and not a, a secondary thing. As you're planning out a new program, figure out, you know, what communities aren't we in or looking at the data in your city and saying, okay, there are, you know, there's a 10% Black population here. How many Black people have we served in our our organization? Do we have a function to even measure that? Um, And starting to just question, you know, how we're, we're doing things internally and what small changes can we make? Because it won't be a whole, you know, huge change at one time. And I think that that's what people 
um, kind of hesitate with. It's like, oh my gosh, well, I can't do the big thing, so I'm just not going to do nothing. But even the small tweaks and changes really do make a difference over time. I love that because I think it leads you into, you know, deeper questions too, because having just the starting point and saying, okay, why do we not serve that 10%? And what what are kind of the structures or maybe the things, the bias that we don't even see that lift to the surface that could be keeping us in this lane or keeping our board to look a certain way? And so I think it, it just, you have to have that vulnerability or I feel like that's what I'm seeing is having the vulnerability to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to like dig in and ask questions and have these kind of conversations on our team. I love what you just said there because I, I was going to say something to the same effect, something that I'm learning in a lot of my anti-racist work that I'm diving into is it's good to say, I don't know, or did I say the wrong thing? Or did I offend? Asking questions like that is a very healthy and good thing. And so I really appreciate your work in this. And I'm actually, I want to drop a book recommendation in um, that I'm reading right now with a group of friends called Our Separate Ways, Black and White Women and the Struggle for Professional Identity. It will blow your minds. And if you are someone who really is thinking about how do I bake equity into my work and how do I grab the hand of another woman or, and I'm, and I'm talking to men too, like if you can be an ally in this. And I really think that working through and unwinding prejudices and biases that we didn't even know we had, you know, that we've, that have been baked into our life and into our habits, that is going to be a way that we break these cycles. And I think just having a heart and a mindset that there is so much to be learned and unlearned in this is wonderful. And so I I wanted to create some space to talk about this because I think what you're doing, Monique, with Little Bit of Good is one of those beacons in the space. And we just want to be an ally to it. So thank you for doing that and just keep going. Yes. And I do want to call out, I love the theory of anti-racism, but I definitely prefer anti-oppression um, as mm, my kind that. of my statement term, uh, just because there's a lot of different areas that we're working in and anti-racism can be so limited, but anti-oppression, it's my, my new favorite term. Preach it here. Yeah. Thank you for speaking that over us too. So, okay. As we start to like wind down, you know, some of our favorite questions are tied to philanthropy and you get to sit at this kind of cool intersection. You're seeing people give to your startup. What is a moment of philanthropy you take us back to? And it doesn't have to relate to that, but what's a moment in your life that you mean like, man, this is, this is what matters here. So there's an organization here called Mobile Loaves and Fishes, um, and they have a space in the community called Community First Village. And one of my really good friends here, I was feeling really, really down, and she invited me to come out and volunteer. And I was like, yes, this is what I need. And I pulled up to Community First. It was my first time ever going there. And here in Austin, just like a lot of cities, the um, houseless pep epidemic is just huge and growing. And I pulled up and it's just this huge community with these trailers that have been redone and overhauled and all of these tiny homes. And so initially I'm like, wow, you know, they're building a space where 
people can have residence. But as you go around the community, they had an art house, which is where I was volunteering. They have um, an automotive center over there. They have mental health resources, doctors who live on site. The um, CEO and founder, he lives on site with his wife in a tiny home there. And I had just never experienced a organization that was so well-rounded in terms of how they were supporting. It just wasn't, you know, getting you into a home. It was providing you opportunity to make money. It was getting you mental care. They had opportunities, you know, for people struggling with substance abuse. Like it was so well-rounded and just being there, like you feel, I don't know, just this level of goodness. And I was just like, wow, this is where, you know, these small ideas can go because they started forever ago. It was just a trailer that went around giving out food and it has now grown to something so huge and so impactful, you know, in our area that like it stays with me. I tell everyone about Mobile Loaves, like their uh, founder, Alan, he just walks around over there. He's the nicest guy ever. He's so approachable. And it's just, it was really inspiring. Wow. I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with that nonprofit. <laughs> and it feels like, you know, community is everything. And when you can bake that into the process and make someone feel seen in a human, um, everything that comes out of it just feels so much more ho- wholesome and hopeful. So love that story. Okay, Monique, we need you to give us a little bit of good here um, <laughs> with a one good thing. You know, we end all of our conversations with a one good thing. What's what's your one good thing you would give to the We Are For Good community today? I would say, okay, I have two good things because I can't just do one because I'm extra. Um, Number one (laughs) is this community and the pro community. I truly, I tell everyone that it is like my nonprofit university. I watched all the videos because again, like I don't know what I'm doing here, (laughs) but it was so valuable in terms of at least giving me a direction to get started. It gave me access to people who had resources and ideas. So truly, I wouldn't have been able to get going without our our We Are For Good community and our pro community specifically. And I think my other thing is like, just do it. Just know that, you know, whatever idea you have, whatever is like sitting on your heart as something that you have been drawn to, it's there for a reason. And you can literally do anything. There is so much opportunity, so much money out there. Just start talking about it and start talking about whatever it is as if it already exists. We have a total of $1,800 raised for a little bit of good, but you would think that like we have a million dollar budget the way I talk about it. (laughs) So just get out there, speak your piece and like there is something there for you, whoever you are. Monique Parker, I mean, you are an incredible growth mindset, evolved human that we just feel so overcome that you are part of this community and you inspire us. And so I'm going to throw some one good things by a blow candle co because if you want to support Monique, let's do that right now. Let's also we're going to point you to all the social channels and the website for a little bit of good as we kind of round out. But join us in supporting this organization. Like this is a way that we can tangibly step in and put our money where our mouth is and supporting something that is truly here to uplift 
this community that wants to do good for their community. So we just want to surround this organization. And, you know, you, you were born on our birthday too, right? Wasn't it like birthday week whenever a little bit of good got its 501? <laughs> right. We share our birthday. So we share a birthday. We're growing up together. We're both toddling together. Like, let's do this. Point to all the ways that little bit of good shows up online and let's round this out. We are at littlebitofgood.org. We're also on Instagram um, where we will be sharing updates on the applications that come out as well as upcoming podcast episodes. And things. Um, <laughs> if you are a nonprofit interested uh, in being on our podcast, if you are a professional interested in being a facilitator or mentor with the Accelerator, um, or if you have someone great that you think we should talk to, please reach out littlebitofgoodorg at gmail.com. Okay. One last thing. How can this community help Little Bit of Good? This is our this is our one good thing back to you. What do you need right now? It's community week. How can community rise up and help Little Bit of Good? We need funding. As for any mission to really get off the ground, it would be amazing to have funding right now to be able to pay for some of the systems that we've invested in. Um, we are truly grassroots at this point, and people have been so nice to volunteer their time and resources and treasures and all the things, but we need funding. We have a live uh, campaign over on Give Butter, um, or you know, feel free to reach out directly if you have a million-dollar gift for me. <laughs> You can wire it. Those rogue million dollar (laughs) gifts that draw from the sky. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm just so proud of you. You have built something absolutely beautiful. And to know your daughters are watching their mama just chase her dream, change the world. It's just a balm to the soul. I'm just so proud of you. Thank you so much. I love y'all. We love you back. back. Thank you, my friend. Keep going. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfort, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.